Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing Your Place or Mine, the original Netflix movie. It came out February 2023 and stars Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher as the main leads. This movie is available on Netflix, I think, all over the world. I don't know for sure, but I think so. So, I have been working on my self-care routine, which means not spending my entire life either studying or teaching English. I'm like, you know, we all have goals. But this was part of my self-care routine, because I saw this as it was recommended because of another movie on my watch list. And I thought, you know, I like Reese Witherspoon. I have always liked her since Sweet Home Alabama. I haven't really seen that many of her other movies, though, come to think of it, but she was great in Sweet Home Alabama. So this is the story of Debbie and Peter. It starts out with Debbie and Peter having a drunken one-night stand after a poker game. It's not really the best of beginnings for Debbie and Peter. I will say I'm going, you know, as beginnings go, that's, that's not really probably the best way to start off your relationship. But anyway... After their one night stand, the next day, I believe, Peter calls and tells Debbie that he is not capable of having a stolid relationship and that he wants to stay friends, but nothing else. Now, surprisingly for them, this actually works in that they have remained friends for several years, like over a decade, after they broke up after their one night stand. And they are probably the two people who they can confide in the most, despite the fact that um, Debbie ended up marrying a mountain climbing dude who left her for the rocks. And um, now she did tell him he could go. She's like, I don't like rocks and you're gone all the time and I'm trying to raise our kid. So they parted on somewhat mutually agreeable terms. And as for Peter, he tends to have six-month relationships, and then he panics, and that's the end of that. Which, of course, leads to having several women get rather upset with him for obvious reasons. So at the end of the day, Debbie is trying to get her accounting certification, and she has to take a class. And she's scheduled to leave her son with a caregiver who's this theater major and to come to L.A. because Peter has offered to have her stay at his place so that they can have a week together while she finishes up her accounting class. However, the what do you call it? The drama major who was supposed to take care of her kid ended up actually bailing on her for a job in Canada as a maid that gets strangled in a murder mystery. <laughs> so that didn't work out. So Debbie is feeling really bummed. She feels like motherhood is kind of a drag, which I'm like, you know, I really don't understand why this happens a lot in Western drama. I don't really see it as much in like Asian drama, to be honest, because in Asian drama, kids, even if the situation is kind of difficult, are not usually looked at as a burden or reason to be depressed about something. But in Western drama, it's like we always blame the kid. Now I'm going to give a little cameo to the child that is in question. The kid is awesome. I think the kid is my favorite character in this whole drama because he really is a, a neat character. And he 
he tends to try to be kind, even though his mother could drive you up a wall sometimes with how she acts with him, because she's often saying things like, well, when you become a parent, you have to be sensible, and then kind of looks at him like, darn, I wish I hadn't had you. And I'm going, you know, in spite of that, he's turned out to be a pretty good human. I mean, and he's not that resentful of that kind of behavior, which I'm going is, is more than I could say for some people that would have that happen. But anyway, so her son has several allergies, but they really are not Pettis's that serious in that he's learned how to mitigate them. His name is Jack. And Jack really is, I think, my favorite character of the whole show because he is very quiet. He does get bummed at times, but he is very mature for his age. And it's like, I like Jack. Jack is really one of the most balanced humanoids in the entire show, along with, of course, my second favorite character, who is Alicia with her coffee. I like Alicia. She drinks way too much coffee, which gives her the jitters, but she is a calm, solid person. So anyway, but circling the wagon. So Debbie tells um, Peter that she cannot come to his apartment because the sitter backed out and Peter decides he's flying to LA. She can have his, or she, he's going to fly to San Francisco. She can fly to LA. He will take care of Jack. He has just finished a consultancy project, which he only does those. He does not stay with the company, which makes the companies mad at him as well. So he has a hard time with long-term commitment. I don't know why, because this um, the drama really doesn't go into why Peter has this problem with commitment. I will say, I think that by the end of the show, I do have to say I like Peter far, far better than I like Debbie because I'm guessing that even though they're both not very nice people when you break it down, he has a probably seriously sad reason why he is the way he is, whereas Debbie just gets overwhelmed and starts lashing out at people. <laughs> I don't mean it bad, but she really did a number at the end of this episode or end of this video. So anyway, but Debbie goes to LA, leaves a bunch of sticky notes all over her house for Peter and Jack to read that basically say everything that Jack can eat, everything that Jack can eat. She leaves these horrid casseroles in the freezer. I'm going, um, Peter looks at the casseroles and he's like, you aren't allergic to Mexican food, are you, Jack? Because we're going to order out and we're watching Alien. And, he, and Jack is like, I'm not allowed to watch movies on school nights and I have to do my homework first. And I love how, how, how Peter sits down in a daze and says, if I had known it was this bad Jack for you, I would have come earlier. <laughs> and they watch Alien, and at the end of it, Peter's like, did I, did I scar you for life? And Jack's going, no, that was awesome, thank you. <laughs> I'm going, no, I don't think that's going to really scar him for life, but having to eat one of those frozen casseroles that his mother left him, uh, it just might. Those looked really, really scary. Far more than an alien coming out of a woman's stomach, I'm just saying. I think that's what alien has in it. I'm not sure. I haven't really watched that one. Only heard about it and saw the um, spoof off of it in 
Stargate Atlantis. But anyway, moving on. So Jack and Peter have really quite a good week together. They have a bit of a, a kerfluffle because none of Jack's friends want to talk to him because Jack is no longer on the playing hockey with them because his mom deemed it too dangerous with his allergies. I'm going... I, I mean, I don't know. I'm going... I really don't care if my kids are ever involved in sports, but I also don't care if they want to be involved in sports. And for Jack, he is allergic to the gym. He cannot play on a field of grass because that will also trigger his allergies. So I'm going, really? That leaves hockey? And if the, if the kid wants to go play hockey on the ice, well, go suit him up, make sure he has his pads. And if he breaks an arm, that's what insurance is for. So I'm going, I don't really know why his mom feels like keeping him in a basically greenhouse is going to help him live better because I'm like he really does need interaction with other humanoids so in age even if those other humanoids may be less desirable than they should be but anyway so Jack tries out for the hockey team by the end of the um week he actually does end up in the hospital because he snow plows on the ice when he's in tryouts however he makes the team and Peter is totally freaked out that Jack got hurt on the ice and I'm going the kid is going to get hurt on the ice but it will be okay he will get back up and it will be fine so I'm like you know I don't know I just don't really get that stressed out about things like that, even if they occur in my own life. I'm like, well, we, we pick you up, we bandage you. If it's worse than that, we take you to the emergency room or the hospital and they take care of that. So I'm like, yeah, it'll be okay. But anyway, meanwhile, Debbie is in LA and she is staying at Peter's house, shocked at how nice it is, but also how it doesn't have any real personality and the stickers are still on the $25 glasses which she's like Peter just because you can buy $25 a piece glasses does not mean you should buy $25 a piece glasses but anyway she gets her class taken um she also meets Minka the gregarious millennial I'm trying to think of another word for her but I really can't a moment and Minka takes her out to a club and tries to find out why Peter left her because well Minka is perfect and it couldn't possibly be Minka's fault but <laughs> I'm going Minka is funny in small doses but anyway so while she's out at the club with Minka she meets Theo who is played by uh, Jesse Williams, I think. I've seen him in something else, but I cannot recall what it is at the moment. I really don't like Theo either. I mean, no offense, I'm going, the only two people that are somewhat likable, in my personal opinion, after watching the show is I do like parts of Peter and I do like parts of I, Jack. Both of them, they have some redeeming qualities, but the rest, and of course, I forgot, I cannot leave out Alicia with her coffee. Okay. But anyway, so she meets Theo and she tells him that she has a friend who has written a book because she finds out that Peter has written a book, even though he told um, Debbie that he had given up writing. Meanwhile, Peter finds out that Debbie has a clandestine relationship with her gardener named Zinn, which I find that slightly disturbing. I mean, I like Steve Zahn as an actor, don't get me wrong, but I'm going, in character, Zinn, she's she's running off with Zinn, I don't want to even think about that. So anyway, 
neither does Peter. He's like, that is just way too much information. So we still don't ever find out if that's true or not, or if Zinn is just very imaginative. But anyway, I'm just saying, no matter what, that is a disturbing conundrum. But Debbie gets swept off her feet by Theo. I'm going, you meet the guy two dates, and then you have a whirlwind um, romantical evening with him, and you have no plans to come back and live in L.A., and he really, he doesn't want to publish your friend's book. He just wants to do certain things with Debbie. I'm like, you know, let's be completely honest here. So Theo, um, yeah, Theo. I mean, I don't think really, I'm going, I know relationships are give and take. I totally agree with that. But I also agree that if you are initially in a relationship just to take, that is very, very not good for both parties. So moving on. So she has this whirlwind romance with Theo, who she brings back to Peter's apartment, and Peter has a camera that got triggered because it thought there was an intruder, and he's like, my eyes are burning, I'm turning this off, I'm not watching this catastrophe, and he's really upset because he's like, Debbie has told her for like over a decade that her heart is a cold stone, she isn't in any relationship, he's like, you're, you're dating Zin, or you're, you're having a clandestine relationship with Zin, and now you're running off with this Theo he's like you know because I think at the end of the day the main thing is Peter has always cared about Debbie even though he's tried to put a lid on that whole situation and just stay friends for over a decade but by the end of the week he's talking with Alicia and her coffee and he's like you know I really liked Debbie when we first met but I couldn't tell her that because I was so panicked I would screw that up. And then when I finally got the courage to come and tell her that I had fibbed about not being able to be in a relationship and all that, and would she consider being in a relationship with me, I came to meet her and I saw she was dating the guy she had Jack with and that they were serious. And I couldn't bear breaking that up. And then when I got out of rehab because he had a drinking problem, before twice and she helped him through rehab he's like when I got out of rehab the second time I was going to tell her because she and her husband were kind of separated at that point he was climbing mountains all the time never home and she was living her life and he said I thought it was the right time but as we were driving back from rehab she told me she was pregnant with Jack and I just couldn't tell her then either and Lisa's like you know you really need to tell people if you care about them, because keeping this inside for over a decade is probably not the best for your emotional well-being. And she sits there and drinks her coffee, and I'm going, I, I like Alicia. And she's also so calm about stuff. It's like when, when Peter is freaking out at the hospital, she's like, you know, I'm here. I'm sipping my coffee. I will talk to Debbie if need be, but it will be okay. So the kid has a concussion. So it could be a little bad. We will deal with this. <laughs> she kind of reminds me of the sheepdog in Wiley Coyote in human form. You know, the one that always went to work every day with his lunchbox and then would just go and bonk the coyote whenever it came to try to take the sheep. I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's Alicia. 
But anyway, by the end of this movie, um, Debbie has unloaded on Peter, told him to leave. Alicia will take care of Jack. Peter packs everything up. He meets her at the airport because they happen to be crossing on their flight paths. She basically unloads on him, tells him he's a worthless pile of nothing. He unloads on her and tells her that she shouldn't have been, you know, behaving the way that she was in L.A., which I do have to concur with Peter on that. I'm like, he, she really did behave not like a very adultish person in L.A., and she had no right to take his manuscript to a publisher without his consent. I'm going, that was poor form, Debbie, poor form indeed. But anyway... So she completely reams him out, and then she walks back and basically says, why didn't you not tell me that you like me? I found this poker chip from our first time we were together. And she and he's just totally upset about things. But anyway, they have a impassioned argument and embrace, and it's all better, which I, as a HFA, find very hard to believe would ever play out that way in real life. But anyway... <laughs> It does, and Peter goes back to San Francisco, um, treks his stuff up the mountain to Debbie's house. They end up together um, with Jack. Jack continues to play hockey, and Peter starts writing other books, and Debbie becomes an editor instead of an accountant, which I think works out better for her, and Zinn continues to work in the garden. Um, the end of the story. So overall, what did I think of the show? Well, I did like Peter, like I mentioned before, even though he is a total dweeb in some areas of life, like breaking up relationships after six months. That is not an ideal situation for anyone. But I'm going, he does have potential as a humanoid, and he also is great with Jack. I mean, I know that he doubts himself and his greatness in taking care of Jack, but I really think that Peter being in Jack's life, even, how do I say this? I mean, I'm glad he and Debbie got together. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I guess it worked out for both of them, although they're both a little self-absorbed. But especially for Jack, because Jack is getting ready to be a teenager. If he had continued in his life with his mother, who basically tried to smother him, I mean, no offense at all, and she meant well, but I'm going... The kid needs some air. He's a good kid. He's not in any trouble. He can figure out his allergies. He's had them for his whole life. He's more than capable of handling it himself. But I'm like, if he hadn't have had Jack, or if Jack hadn't have had Peter, his high school years would have been really not fun and very insular. So for that, I'm glad. I also um, did like the the Alicia character. I think she was played by Tig Notera, who did an excellent job. I would watch this movie again just for Tig Notera's character and also because of the interaction between Jack and Peter. I really do not like rom-coms personally, usually because I find that both characters can be supremely selfish, especially when they get into an argument. Because I'm like, you know, I totally get 
you will have disagreements. It's like in Runner Bride when they have that wonderful speech where it says, you know, one or both of us will want to call this off. But I'd also get that if I don't ask you to be mine, I'll regret it for the rest of us. That is a good speech. But anyway, I'm going, usually when people get mad in rom-coms, they start lambasting each other and saying things that if they really, really thought about how much they care for that other person, even if they're madder than a very warm place down below, they probably wouldn't say those words to them. Because I'm going, even if you're mad, even if you're ticked off, it's better to not say something terrible to the one that you say you love than to lambast them and have to try to back paddle. It's like, in my own life, if I ever get upset, which rarely happens and does not really happen in romantic relationships because I try to steer clear of those because... Well, they are fraught with peril and, you know, have those signs that say, abandon all hope all you enter here and have big, scary sea monsters. I'm going, you know, I don't know. I, I like my life the way it is right now. I'm not saying I will not ever brave those waters, but it would take an awful lot to convince me. <laughs> those sea monsters. I'm like, you know, they might play no games. But anyway, <laughs> so... You know, whenever I do get upset, it's like it takes an awful lot to make me upset. And then people get weird because they're like, oh, no, if you're upset, you rarely say anything because you just kind of clam up and I'm going, I do. But when I do say something, it's usually bullet pointed like this is what I am upset about. This is not a reflection on who you are as a person, but this is a reflection on the current actions as I see them. And I'm going, people are like, Anna. You do bullet points. I'm going, I do. But I also sit there and go, you know, this is not good. But this is also not who you are as a person. And I want to clearly define this because I do not think we should be calling people jerks or messing or, you know, just, you know, whatever. I'm like, so people do things that are nice. So they do things that sometimes are really not nice. But that doesn't mean that they are bad people. It just means maybe they didn't have their coffee for that day and the results were extreme. But anyway, <laughs> overall... I give this movie about a 7 out of 10. The reason being is, like I discussed, both the main characters need a lot of personal growth, which they did not achieve by the end of this movie, in Anna's personal opinion. So if they ever did make a sequel, it would probably be about them breaking up because they're calling each other terrible names and Peter is feeling like he is a pile of never, never mind and Debbie is feeling justified by calling him that, which I'm like, you know, even if you're justified by something, it doesn't mean that you should say it every single time and no one's a pile of never mind to begin with. So anyway, I would recommend always be my maybe, which I reviewed earlier way more than this one, because I just didn't like how these two characters kind of lambasted each other. Now, I will say in always be my maybe, they also had a tendency to do that. But by the end of the show, I also think that both those characters had grown to be better humans, especially how the one character went out of her way to try to honor... Um, I forgot his name in the show. Marcus's mom. So I really think in that they showed way more personal growth and basically better ways of being than they do by the end of this movie where we're supposed to believe everyone lives happily ever after. I'm going, 
there are sea monsters and waters and abandon all hope all you winter here. <laughs> Check it at the round table. Bye.